Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's going on, y'all? James Higgs here from Infotainment News and ITN Live. Look, been wanting to do this for a long time. This being starting a podcast to go along with the with the site and go along with the other social media platforms we have. But been always trying to find the right platform to use, right? But been looking for how to get the message out to our engaged readers, our engaged viewers, how to essentially really how to monetize. And believe it or not, I found the right platform that's getting the job done, that's going to be easy to use and easy to set up. That platform is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Check it out. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. This is an ad for Anchor, if you didn't guess that by now. Check it out. If you want to get started with Anchor, if you want to start sending out your message, owning your own platform, broadcasting your message, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me, join the rest of the diverse uh, authors and owners of content out there. Get your podcast off the ground. Let us know where it is. Talk to you soon. Y'all be cool. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let us rejoice. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Part three of our State of Current Events Roundtable here on Infotainment News. I'm your host, James Hicks. My role today will be primarily to facilitate, keep us on point and on schedule. I'm also going to be moderating comments coming in from the live audiences as we are streaming live on multiple platforms tonight. We are streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. This forum, uh, since we began, has talked and debated about the state of current events, primarily with a focus on the issues people of color have dealt with for decades as it relates to police behavior. Too many black boys, men, girls, and women 
are losing their lives at the hands and knees of those in a position expected to protect and serve. Now we can take that statement itself and go in many different directions and could talk and debate for hours, but let's stay focused. The goal for tonight, similar to our last sessions, is to have a constructive dialogue, share stories, discuss, and debate. At the core, we will be respectful to each other and ultimately will work to help everyone realize that they can play a part in this much needed dialogue and make their voices and actions relevant for positive change. We're not going to fix the world's problems here, but having these awkward and uncomfortable conversations is part of the healing and corrective process. Our panel tonight is jam-packed. I uh, am I'm humbled and grateful that we've got the folks behind the curtain right now. I got men, women, father, mother, students, and our next generation of young adults. As I bring everyone on screen, I'm going to pose a question to the separate audience. So let me slowly bring my panel on screen so they can start engaging and interacting again. Thank you guys for joining. Um, this is going to be a great discussion. Let's uh, not hold bars. Let's let, let's make it happen. Let, let's be open and let's dialogue and let's be, uh, be communicative. And I know that a lot of folks are watching, so they're looking for us to, again, have those, as I say, awkward but yet necessary conversations. So let's start with this question and for the parents. If you could state your name and how many kids you have and what ages they are. Then answer the question, are you having conversations with your kids about social issues happening now, and how are you approaching that topic? Uh, ladies first, I'm going to start with Devin. I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm awkward, sorry. Um, so my name is Devin, I have a six-year-old son, and um, he doesn't quite understand what's going on. I think mostly I just teach him just to treat everyone with kindness and, um, yeah, just kind of try to ease him into a little things, but he's totally accepting of everything and everyone and stuff like that. Right. Right. Dana, let's go next to you. Hey there, I'm Dana. Um, I'm a mom of four girls. I have a 24-year-old, 19, 17, and a nine-year-old. Um, what I'm doing with them right now is I'll pretty much check in. I'll say, because normally I say, how are you guys eating? Are you guys eating healthy? You know, blah, 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 those kinds of things. But lately I've been asking them, how are you emotionally? And my 17-year-old my um, surprised me when she actually took a long time to give me an answer. And... Um, but after after thinking about it, she was just she was okay. She said, you know, I'm okay. I'm um, I'm blessed. And um, honestly, like my nine year old surprised me the other day. We were like, let's go get Starbucks, and she goes, I don't want to go there. They're racist. And I'm like, nine years old. She's already knowing these things. So um, they are affected. They're seeing things. They're posting things. My 17 year old's posting a lot of things on her social media. So I know it's affecting them. And I just check in with her, make sure she has an outlet, make sure she's, you know, mentally 
cool. And my my 19, 24, they're young adults. They're talking amongst their friends. And uh, I don't really talk to them too much about it. We talk mostly business stuff and ideas and stuff like that with them. But it's mostly my 17, nine-year-old I'm most concerned about because they keep it inside mostly. Right. That's a good point that you brought up, though, talking about from a, from a mental perspective, right? Because, yeah, we, we can talk about everything that we're... I was going to say old school, right? Reading the newspaper, but you know, like seeing on on the TV or hearing on on social media, where the case may be. But you know, what is it? How is it affecting the younger adults and our kids from a mental perspective, right? I mean, because their minds are still evolving and growing, um, and are, are are very influenced by everything that they see around them, especially with with their parents. So, Eric, let me go next to you then. You know, from a from a father's perspective, and, and you've got. You know, your, your kids are, are varying in age. One's right to the right of you on, on the screen right here as well. But are, are you having those kinds of types of conversations uh, with, with your kids? Psych. Um, <laughs> uh, honestly, um, with I mean, we have those have those conversations. They're not as awkward, but basically, um, well, Devin and I, Devin and I will actually get into some conversations about, you know, hey, this is what happened, you know, things that happen. And we'll, we'll probably bring them up later. But like um, with my kids uh, in my life, in my life growing up, I've, I've, I've had racism from two different directions, just being of uh, being a biracial. So for me, um, what I didn't want to do is be able to hold hatred in my heart. So I, I don't pass those things to my kids. The only thing I tell my kids is that you, you try to be the best person you can be. And um, and you, you love all those people until they until they 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 teach you otherwise until they show you otherwise and uh you know Devin will tell you I, I i don't teach her to hate i don't teach any of my kids to hate um and you know because it was a struggle for me growing up i you know i i didn't know where i belonged i didn't know where i fit um and then all i did was just find people that were like-minded no matter what race they were or what color they were um in in my mind racism is just a, a a human construct that they created to put us in a box and i don't believe in, in race i believe when i look and I, okay, put it this way: I'm a father of four. I got a, I got a, a 29, a 28, a 17, and 16. Correct me if I'm wrong, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, Devin? Gonna <laughs> be 29 this year. So we 29, but um, and honestly, um, you know, it was a struggle for me, you know, and I, I didn't want any of them to have to deal with the stuff that I dealt with because it was a lot. I know people keep thinking it's, it's more prevalent now and you see it in the news, but it was, it's like, to me, it's not like blatant like it was when I was growing up. I mean, it was like blatant. You knew, you know, what I liked about the East coast. I mean, not that I liked it is that you knew where not to go because <laughs> they tell you, you don't belong here or, you know, um, but like, you know, long story short, you know, I, I don't, I don't teach my kids to hate, you know? Um, and that's, I think that's the biggest, biggest part. Yeah. And, you know, we, we could go into some different avenues with that as well if we've got time. Because I, I, I wonder if some of that understanding of society is comes from your military background, right? Because you've been to different places and you've seen different folks and you've interacted with folks from a professional and, and a personal perspective. As opposed to someone who was born here, lives here, works here, yeah. hasn't gone anywhere else, right? So, I mean, I mean that, that's an interesting dynamic that you and I share as well. Mm -hmm. But let me, let, let's move on, because you mentioned about the East Coast, and I got two East Coast <laughs> folks here on the, on the screen. But uh, let, let me ask them, because those are the non-parents up there. And so for the non-parents, <laughs> state your name. And if you're a high school student or recently graduated or in college, uh, your question is, uh, in your peer groups, have you had discussions about the social issues involving police force 
the protests, the removing of statues, etc. And what have those conversations been like? Uh, as always, ladies first, we'll start with you, Mildred. Thank you. So my name is Mildred. I just graduated high school and in like two weeks I'm going to college, which is insane. Um, thank you. Uh, I have had a lot of conversations with my friends about sort of everything that's going on and what we see in social media and the news and things like that. And I think the most interesting part is that even though my friends, we seem to think that we're pretty like-minded, I've had a range of conversations from people who said, yes, tear all the statues down, you know, the protests are you know, that whole thing. And then there's ones that say, okay, but maybe violent protesting isn't the way to go because that's all they've seen in the media. And I've had people who won't even acknowledge their um, white privilege um, when I say I have white privilege and they tell me that as a Latina, I don't have white privilege, even though um, we've had conversations about color and race and things like that. And I just think it's very interesting to see um, because all my friends come from different backgrounds, different social economic statuses, um, but also having conversation with my parents. So not only my peers um, coming from, um, I think that the Latino media has not really presented the situation very well, in my opinion. And so um, having that awkward conversation at the dinner table and saying, this is what I believe, you know, and um, being able to discuss that with people of different ages. So that's kind of how my conversations have been going. And so are you, are you, initiating those conversations more than you're seeing other folks or i i, I almost kind of know the answer some of the answer just for myself because I, I know kind of some of your peer group but i'm you know your your peer group i think is is different right you, you guys are very yeah. outspoken very very involved but are you seeing other folks that maybe have graduated with you as well are the young folks initiating those conversations or, or are they looking out to others I mean, Yes, definitely. I think I've had a lot of my friends be the ones who tell their parents, let's talk about this instead of it going the other way around. And I've had um, they all post. I mean, posting on social media seems like something very small to do compared to everything else. But I have friends organizing protests and um, I'm holding a couple of fundraisers. My friends are helping me with that, you know, things like that. We're very um, I don't think that we really want to uh, let it go on longer than it has to and just kind of doing our part in um, what little ways that we can. Um, and also holding people accountable, I think, is something that we don't really talk about. But I think a lot of the younger generation, we're holding brands, like you said, we don't want to shop at places that are going to condone racism or going to condone those types of things. And so having conversations about, okay, we don't want to eat here. Where else can we eat that's not going to support that? Um, ben and Jerry's has been great. We've all been talking about Ben and Jerry's, things like that. Ben and Jerry's has always um, been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we never thought of it because we were yeah. like, oh, it's expensive, you know, we, we don't have money, but we were like, let's buy more from those types of places, so. That makes sense, that's that's a good point, that's a good Malachi, talk to me, man, you got all this fancy equipment on, you got headsets, and uh, you you're got four or five monitors going on, talk to me about what's going on in the East Coast, what what are you seeing from, from your, your peer groups, man? Well, I have, like, two peer groups, I have my friends, then I have my work colleagues, and all my work colleagues are like double my age, old, like could be my dad and my grandfather, essentially. And they have it in their minds that like you can't teach an old dog new tricks and they're all Republicans. And it's all like it's bad going on. The protests are bad. Uh, like it's kind of crazy 
to have someone that you work with that you have to trust and think that everything in the world's fine when it's not. And then I have my friend group online and they're retweeting everything. They're signing petitions. Excuse me. They're like going the extra mile and it just goes to show you we do have allies. We do have white allies. We do have Latino allies. We have Hispanic allies. We have Asian allies. We, we do have allies out there. And it's to me, it's just like two sides, like two completely different sides I see. And of course, I support Black Lives Matter and all that. And it's sometimes hard to hold my tongue when I'm with my work colleagues because of like I'm a minority there and I don't want like, oh, they're going to do this and this and like, oh, he thinks this way. There's no reason we need to help him out. And it's like. I can't shake the boat too much. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, no, that, that's understandable, right? Again, I mean, there's a, and I'm not going to say there's a time and a place, but there's always been that adage, right, of, of mixing religion and politics, right, when you go to the water cooler at work. But, uh, you know, never shy away, I would say, because you, you talked about age, but I'm, I'm older than your daddy, man. You know, I, so you make, make me feel old just when you made that statement, but take take this from a, from a seasoned man right here with, with more salt than pepper in his beard. Uh, have those conversations with folks, because honestly, I, I believe more and more folks that think differently than you, who look differently than you, who feel differently, actually want to have this dialogue, right? There, there are more folks watching today behind the scenes and, and wanted to be on camera. And I kind of told a little bit of you got some of this to you guys during the pre-show. You know, I reached out to a lot of, uh, a lot of folks to, to have kind of a mixed audience on the panel today. But m- many folks were saying, I'm not, I'm not ready to, to get on the screen. I'm not ready to m- maybe say the wrong thing. But, you know, my, my reaction to that is it's okay. We have to have these awkward. We have to have these, these challenging conversations because that's the only way we're going to get get better and we're going to move forward so but that's a, that's a good point that you that you make there uh isaiah talk to us man give, give us who you are tell us uh what, what it's like in, in your neck of the woods uh my name is isaiah i am one year away from graduating college uh doing nice. my clinical rotations at the local hospital and i like my brother have an online group of friends as well as a physical group of like-minded students but there also have been some uncivil discussions with those students as well. Because like Mr. E.B. said, there are parts of my own state that I can't go to or I'm not particularly welcome at. Uh, a lot of the conversations have been very uh, echo chambery, though. Like we're not getting a lot of other sides. So I'm glad that we're able to have that kind of discussion. Yeah. Because I uh, had this discussion with the other day in a communications class about when tearing down statues, they said, oh, it's part of our history, part of our heritage. And I just kind of told them flat out that it's a history of losers. They were a rebellious uh, traitor to the country. And we beat them in battle and we accepted them back, but they're still kind of waving that flag around and toting their beliefs because it's the flag of losers and traitors as best way to put it. Yeah, no, and so where you live, right, we, we can say, you know, that definitely far east coast, uh, my, my neck of the woods, all, all, all my extended family is, right, Virginia area, and things like that, and look, we were there a couple of years ago, uh, Confederate flag is everywhere, 
right? And and it's flying, it's flying high, and it's it, it's very contentious. And my worry, or you know, my it's it's more overt than it is on on the on the West Coast, and and it just is, right? Because that's where. The hearts of the South, the deep roots, Confederate uh, started, and they're mad at their law that they lost, and, and all of that. So, you know, I, I know it can be challenging again, like Malachi was saying, being in different scenarios and different environments of having these types of conversations. But um, uh, stay strong, man. I, uh, I, I'm with you. We pray for you that you continue to um, speak your truth, speak your mind, and and don't let anyone sway you in terms of uh, uh, ha- having those messages out. I want to um, go, go, go ahead, Mr. E.B., as you were referring to. I, I see you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like we were talking earlier about what, what governments and stuff sh- should do and not just take, like, the whole, don't you, you know, people shouldn't suffer for the whole. But, again, when looking at statues and what they represent, what they stand for, that's what you have to, you know, if I'm, if, if they're talking about, um, you know, holding up, you know, the Confederate flag and what that was representing, because what that was representing back then was uh, slavery being, uh, you know, unequal, you know, not not human. I mean, those are things that you have to look at and say, you know what, it it shouldn't be up. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be up. Um, And look at that. But do I think every statue represents that same thing? Yeah, there there was probably some, you know, people that possibly had some racist comments or thoughts in their earlier days and age, uh, you know, but you, I mean, like, I think they're talking about doing John Wayne, take, tearing down John Wayne and John Wayne Airport and stuff. And, you know, because he made a comment. But uh, now, I mean, if, if he was part of the KKK, yeah. But, you know, I mean, think, I mean, what did he bring to television? What did he bring? I mean, they have to take everything into consideration, not just, oh, yeah, that's just that's just that's just racist. I don't I don't believe that to be true because there are people that contributed. You know, you know, like I said, when we talk about racism, racism isn't one sided. I'm, I, I know this because I have lived it. You know, there's people that it's just people that have hate in their heart. And when you hold that hate in your heart, that's uh, again, I'm not saying that there is no racism. What I'm saying is it's just not one sided. Um, now, there are people benefiting from uh, that is one sided. But you have to look at the, uh, you know, the big picture. We can't get rid of racism unless we get rid of it across the board. You know, people can't hold uh, a lot of hate and, and, and expect other people to stop their hate while we continue to hate or vice yeah. versa. So yeah. uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that whole, wholeheartedly. And I, I think uh, again, it's um, it starts with, with everyone on this call. It starts with everyone listening. And you, as I said in the intro, we're not going to try to solve the world's problems, but what we can do is influence into our sphere, our five mile radius of influence, right? You can talk to your neighbor, you can talk to your friend, you can you can call someone, you can text, whatever. You can talk to folks that are close within your range and start that dialogue and that'll just reverberate out. So, I mean, that's really the grassroots method for, for changing mindsets and changing uh, 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 the whole conversation, the whole diameter. Di- uh, so let me, I, w- I want to continue on. And one of our viewers actually typed in a comment here that I may want to utilize later. So, but... I want to kind of stay on track and stay on target. Let me play a video for everyone. And I'd like to get your perception on this video. And then we'll have a conversation about this piece. We are tired. We are tired of being beaten by policemen. We are tired of seeing our people locked up in jail over and over again. And then you holler, be patient. How long can we be patient? We want our freedom and we want it now. 
not want to go to jail, but we will go to jail if this, this is the price we must pay for love, brotherhood, and true peace. I appeal to all of you to get in this great revolution that is sweeping this nation. Get in and stay in the streets of every city, every village and hamlet of this nation until true freedom comes, until the revolution of 1776 is complete. We must get in this revolution and complete the revolution. For in the Delta of Mississippi, in Southwest Georgia, in the Black Belt of Alabama, in Harlem, in Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, and all over this nation, the black masses are on the march for jobs and freedom. So that was back in 1963, but uh, could have just as well been yesterday, right? And rest in peace to Brother John Lewis right there. Uh, we lost two great civil rights leaders this week. My next question, you guys, is why do you think we're still fighting this fight and dealing with the exact same issues that Mr. Lewis talked about then? Um, Dana, let's start with, with you, please. So I think we're still going through this. I I would like to piggyback off of what Eric says, and it's that it has a lot to do with power and that it's a class thing. People, honestly, the 13th Amendment, what, 1865, um, abolished slavery. But since then, it's like, you have people having to, so from what I've read from history was that after slavery, they, they were imprisoned and taken in to still do slavery work. And that whole concept was brought into modern day world where people are being taken in, you know. I think that people in power uh, have a lot to do with that. And, um, and unfortunately, when you have that kind of mentality, it bleeds off into the children and um, society in general. You have then you have like hate all around. You have people hating Asians. I was, you know, I was walking home from school one day, and freaking um, these like five white teenage boys threw humongous pieces of mud in my face, and they're like chink, 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 and I was like, what the heck? Mm. I was all about. America and I love America. I didn't even know what Filipino was. You know, I thought I was just like everybody else. And um, to know that this kind of hate, you know, um, exists, it, it just it was such an eye opener. And as I got older, you know, you're exposed to different stuff. And I think it has a lot to do with being in control and just keeping minds small so they can't flourish and so they can't work in numbers to be greater than. So that's my take on that. <laughs> and, and just to, and just a, I know she was trying to comment on what I was saying is because it's a status thing again. There's a in order to keep someone for, in order to keep a group of people down, you got to keep it's like you make them God fearing, point blank. And I'm not gonna we're not gonna go into religion and everything like that. But to if you have people coming together, you can't control them. You can you will not be able to control uh, groups of people. So you 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 separate them. You, you, you cause, you create, and again, I'm not saying people, there are people that have hate, but who, you know, where is that hate coming from? Why is it still out there? Why is it still happening today? It's, and I'm telling you, it's because um, 
just like I like to be around like-minded individuals, there's other like-minded individuals in every race that says, hey, I only want my race to be this race. I only want my race to be white. I only want my race to be black in every group. And with, with their, with, in my mind, the reason why it stays is because those groups always want to keep that. They, they don't want to share that. Uh, they, they don't want to... They, uh, the, uh, there was a comment that was made in, uh, in the news saying, hey, you know, there's, uh, before you know it, there's not going to be any more white people. That's not true. Our our cultures, you know, becoming more diverse in, you know, in, in ter- internally? Yeah. Um, you know, again, yeah, somebody just put in here, uh, Michelle said, you know, prejudice and bigotry uh, is not exactly, it's not the same as racism. But again, um, I, this is outside of the whole institutional racism. That's again another class where people are still trying to keep people down, you know, out down here fighting over, you know, this to deflect from what's really happening, like way up here, and, and causing everybody to. And, and, you know, so I just want to piggyback on what Dana was talking about. When we, we talk about it's more of a status thing, the institution is keeping it that way, or institutionally on higher levels are keeping it that way, so that we continue to fight amongst ourselves to keep us from going to these other levels. You, know, you think about who, who controls the top percent, percent of, the, uh, of the, the cash flow. If everyone gets up there, that means their status is no longer, it's no longer a status because everybody can have that, attain that status. Um, that's what we're talking about. Am, am I talking about racism and bigotry? No, of course not. There's still gonna be hate you know, out there. But what, I'm, yeah. what we're talking about on a higher level, the reason why they keep it and don't change it, put it this way. 1776, you know, the Constitution was developed in a time, in a time where we still had wagon wheels and we still had dirt roads. Why, why, why wasn't it written so that it could be modified for the, just like the economy changes during each, each, uh, you know, uh, decade, our economy changes. Just, just like that changes. Why doesn't our Constitution change? Why doesn't the Constitution uh, adapt itself to the current, current situation? Same thing with like retirement. People said, you know, they said you set up your retirement for at this point uh, when you're 25. Should the economy, excuse my language, the economy changed when by the time you're 50, 65, the economy is totally different. Can you live off of what you created as, as a retirement? Um, I just went off on a tangent. So can you bring it back? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was I was sitting here. Right. And, and I think, you know, one one trait that I, I think I, I have is letting folks speak, right? Because want, wanting to hear what you say without without interrupting. So I respect you w- wanting to say what you were saying there. And you went off on a tangent, but that's all right. That's, and, and you can say what you want. You can curse all you want, brother. It's, it's, we own this channel. Um, I think at, at the core, though, I think we're, what we're really focusing on is systemic racism, right? The fact yeah. that the way that this, this, this country was founded and started we, those of a permanent shade, were never considered to be 100% legal holders of any property. But so, think about that. I, I, and again, hold that thought, because think about that. Who controls that? I, I know we think, we think we vote and we do all this stuff, but then at a higher level, at a higher level, wouldn't, wouldn't you think they would know better than to, oh, if, if, the pop, if somebody didn't win the popular vote yet, they all of a sudden they come back with this... Um, what was the other um, electoral college? Yeah, yeah the electoral college. college. I'm like thinking, I, I didn't hear that until this this is the last election. What I'm saying is the the power and the control it could change. It could be changing at a higher level, but but why why doesn't it? The system is higher than us. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So I see what you're saying. The but system you know, me... is keeping it that way. The system. Yeah. 
because it benefits them. It benefits them exactly. Yeah. Okay, we, we, you, you got there. You 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 were, you were trying to get. You took the scenic route, and you know, but but you got the you, you took you know Highway One up the up the coast, and 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 you got there. But uh, that, that that's an interesting tangent that you brought up, Evie. And and again, respectfully, I, th- I think we need to continue to have that conversation. And I think the audience and, and we understand where you're coming from. And there are there are truths in what you were saying. But again, be, being cognizant of time and wanting to go, go through this. Um, Wanted to get that out, but let's let's go to, to to Mildred. You know, back to that that John Lewis speech, and and again, kind of the question of of the moment is, again, I was back in '63. It's 2020. It's a rough year. 2020 just started off bad, you know. Uh, but but why are we still having that exact same conversation today that we had back back then? Well, and I think one of the biggest problems is that um, for so many years, the narrative never changed. Um, history is taught by the winners, or so we call them, or like you said, losers, but still, they still they teach us history. And so for people that are taking classes like APUSH, you know, American history, we, we never get taught about the black heroes. We get taught about there were these bad, you know, white men, but we never say the names of any black heroes. We never um, acknowledge the changes that um, science, black scientists and or just any person of color that they have made um, an innovation in our lives. And so I think um, one of the positive things about our maybe our generation and the reason why some of us are really kind of mad about everything that's going on is um, I talked to this with my parents, but I grew up with Michelle Obama. I grew up with, you know, Oprah. I looked up to those women. I wrote about them in my college essays and I think previous generations never got the chance to really see black people in power but also black people um just kind of killing the game you'd say you know um if you were like on Instagram or something um and that, having them be is that what the kids history. are saying nowadays is that, is that what y'all say now killing the game I don't know I'm, I'm not really that good at Instagram but um things like that or um having um, literature, having things that are written by black authors to see their side of the story instead of a white author pretending that they're black for the sake of the story. And so I think that that's wow. really important. And and it also goes um, not only to the black community, but Latinos, Asians, we all feel this sort of underrepresentation of I don't want to grow up to be a farmer and there's no like shame in being a farmer. We are hardworking people, but that's not all that I should be taught in school. And I shouldn't be taught that by perhaps a white professor. No, no hate to white people. I am a white person <laughs> clearly, but um, the, the narrative needs to change. And I think that that's, what's causing us to really talk about it. And what makes our generation so mad about it is because that's why we still are having the same conversation as in 1963. Yeah. And, the conversation is kind of as what, what EB was saying, folks in power, folks in power for an extended period of time from, from the beginning, folks who, as I mentioned kind of in the intro, who are designated to protect and serve. And now I think I'm a pivot and I'm going to bring in this, this question that was bought, bought up by my wife. So, and, and so this is crazy, right? When, when you think about it, all the protests that have been happening have been looked at from from a negative perspective, you know, for, from a Black Lives Matter perspective, things of like that. But when the local law enforcement wants to do something, they portray it in a different light. They portray it in uh, more more of a rally, more of something with a positive connotation. You look up in the dictionary, and you look up protests, you look up rally. You know, there's a whole different positive versus negative explanation. So let let, let me put this over to uh, the young men over there on the East Coast because again, it's 
such a different clash. I mean, we, we've got our clashes here on on the left side, no doubt. But I, I, I just want to pose this to let me start with you, Isaiah. Right when when you walk up and down the street, right, man, and, and you got uh, when you got the police out there, um, and, and they say they're doing something. What's that energy like, right? Again, I mean, just look at the question that came from from the audience here. You know, Black Lives Matter protests. We're tearing down statues. We're doing this. We're, it's all negative. But oh no! When shout out to the police officers. All right, we got to have them. But you know, I've I've had unfortunately too many negative experiences with them. And, and right now, it's just, it's just we're not gonna have that discussion. But <laughs> uh, quiet, quiet, Evie. You know, my mom is watching. And uh, <laughs> uh, but 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 I said talk to talk to the question that's on the screen right now. Let me let me start with you, and then Malachi. I want you to start thinking about this as well. They are trying to demonize it in the media. If they make it look like it's illegitimate or wrong, then they have that narrative to back them up. However, when they frame it in a positive light, like a rally for the police, it gets that support. It sounds more like appealing to the people. But a protest, you have those imagery in your head of uh, violent. You have water hoses in your head. You have dogs. You have uh, Mm -hmm. rising elevations of aggression. And to speak on what Ms. Mildred said before, we do have, we are learning about a lot about the, here's what the whitest of skin, and they try to white out their own sins a lot of the time where they're covering up that kind of issues and their kind of mistakes, as I would call it. And they're like, oh, you should just forgive and forget, but they don't, it's hard to forgive and forget when they just try to hide it themselves. They try to show that, they try to say that they're sorry without actually apologizing, without actually having any remorse for what they're saying. And again, they want us to be illegitimate. They want us to be saying like we're extremists, but we're not. We're just regular people who want something different than they do. And they don't want to give it to us. They don't want to give us that respect we're looking for, that freedom. I want to say, I want to say, I don't want to say freedom. We're, we're land of the free. We're again, a good country, but unfortunately, unfortunately, there's this narrative that we can't that we they've already succeeded that they've given us our rights we had our civil rights movement interesting, interesting. and revered but uh it's not getting better it's just getting recorded it's just becoming more and more public <laughs> to everyone else <laughs> and we have to look at to see how it's happening you you hit it on the on the on yep. the nail right there brother right again this stuff and i think i said this in part one right, when we first started having this this is nothing new Right. Uh, but what's happening now is everyone's walking around with one of these cameras in their pocket. Right. So I can now capture all of these instances in a minute. I can put it out on social media and literally the whole world can see it. And more and more folks are seeing it and saying, you know what? That's wrong. Right. That shouldn't be. I, I heard about it. Couldn't, I didn't believe it was happening before. But you know what? It is happening because I see it now. I'm the doubting Thomas. I actually see it happening. And let's do something about that. I'm switching because 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 we're going in different direction. One last thing. One last thing. And when I say that is because what we need to do is uh, is also there's this word that we we throw out all the time is the they. And again, we're generalizing and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with they, but we have to define who the they's are because the they's that are keeping it, um, keeping us from doing what we need to do or getting things published. And I think it's a huge responsibility to media. People, everyday people aren't writing those things out there saying, hey, pre, a police, uh, police appreciation rallies. 
media is doing that. And what we, in my mind, media needs to be unbiased. I can't rep, I can't, if, 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 if my narrative is always going to be one-sided, I'm, I know that no, don't go that, don't, don't, don't go to that, to that, uh, that news, uh, that media uh, outlet. Or if I know that it's another way and I want the, the only media outlet I'm going to get. So I'm going to get half the truth. And, I, and I'm only, I'm going to go to the truth that I think it may not necessarily be the truth. We have to look at people. The news has to be like a judge unbiased and say, Hey, here's, here's what happened. Here's the other thing that happened and, and, and get a better sense of you know, what's happening. You know, you can't give me a half picture uh, of something and then expect and, and then think, Oh yeah, this is the truth. You got to have the whole picture from start to finish. And again, it's, it's a media responsibility to say, if it's a, if it's a policeman's uh, rally, if it's a, 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 a protest or a rally to, uh, to find like-minded individuals because we want change, yeah. that's what we, media is a, is a huge, and again, think of the they, what they media, what, which media outlets, well, is, that, it, yeah. is it, yeah. far, who, who so, owns, where's, how far does that go up? No, I'm not media. Definitely. Right, so, and, and you know, you think about it, so if all of media was to be objective like you want it to be, it wouldn't sell. Nope. Right? Exactly. Is in it. So cable TV How is all it entertainment. Up? So it's, it's all entertainment. So well, you know, you're never, you're... Say, go ahead, go ahead, it. I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt. But the, no, no, to no, clarify no. to Mr. EB of the day I'm referring to is the same day that Mr. Dr. Martin Luther King was referring to, the white moderate is the biggest yeah. Yeah. threat to civil rights because they're just like, oh, I can get, they're on the middle of the line. They're like, um, I could get behind it if it wasn't a violent protest. But as soon as the violence stops, the narrative and the media coverage ceased as well. We're still having the protests. We're still asking for these things, uh, justice for the people who deserve justice. Yeah. But because they're no longer violent protests, they're not getting that same media coverage because they wanted to demonize us. If they had the violent protests, it's easy to get like, oh, I can hop on the side of the, well, they shouldn't be... If they were just, you know, abiding by the law, it's a lot easier to support them. But that's the issue. We're still doing everything that we're supposed to be doing, as everything that we're told to be doing them to get the results. Yeah. But why? Are, but, but, but again, you have to you have to understand why are we acting off of a lot of times when you look at there's just like the so the videos of people protesting the videos behind the scenes when they show that it was actually police dropping off bricks so that people could start throwing bricks. Uh, people, you know, behind the scenes, the you know, uh, whites actually the ones throwing rocks and breaking windows. What do you you're just saying? You have to under, you have to think about why are they doing that? Why is Demon someone out there like exactly? Because they want so, that, but you know, but we don't have to act on that, right? People don't have to act on those things. Yeah. Go ahead, Mildred. Mob mentality. Oh, so the one thing I was going to say is that um, the biggest problem I'd see with social media and what you're talking about is that we are getting confirmation bias from our own media sources. A lot of young people don't really look at cable news anymore, um, um, at least I know of. But basically, the problem is is that if you are a, a left leaning individual and you are going to see a lot of Black Lives Matter media, you are going to see exactly what you're talking about, white people, white supremacists who are going and starting the violent portion of these right. um, protests. Um, but if you are already a right-leading individual, you're not going to see any of that. You're just going to see the other side um, or the side that perhaps doesn't have the that sort of authentic, um, 
that sort of evidence that we have. And so um, when you're talking about like not biased media in a way we bias our own media through liking the posts that we like and things like that, I don't see any right leaning um, media because I'm not right leaning. And when we talk about white moderates, if you're not actively looking for this information, then a white moderate is just going to see a bunch of girls posting about their beach vacation or things like that. And they're not going to see what's really happening. That's right. That's right. That's, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Um, a few minutes ago, I said I was going to pivot and I was going to change a little bit. And I, just just because that's where the conversation was going. And again, I want, want to keep it dynamic. But this this topic that we're on right now is, is very good and very relevant. I still I do want to take a step back, though, and go back to kind of what we were talking about just a second ago. Um, looking at and kind of, you know, current state and seeing more and more diversity of people acknowledging anti-black racism your thoughts and i'm gonna start with with you devin you know your thoughts do you think this is just a, a passing phase or do you think it represents really a shift that will that will endure All right are, are you do you think that folks outside of the the black and brown community who have endured this forever that are seeing that these bad things that are happening because they're now online with everyone you know, they're standing up, they're talking. I see more, I see more white folks out, out with Black Lives Matter signs than, than anything now. Yeah. It's a good thing, right? It's a good thing. I mean, do you think it's just a passing fad, passing phase? But, you know, what's your thoughts? Do you think this will continue as now that it's raised to the bubble up to the surface? I mean, I like, I had one of my best friends, he's gay and he's white, and he actually brought up to me that one of my old bosses, the old, old salon owner, she's white and she hasn't posted anything. And, he was like, I just, you know, it's so frustrating that somebody with that white privilege wouldn't say anything. And it really got me thinking. And I'm like, yeah, but I think also to an extent, too, I think some people aren't fully comfortable with saying things. Like, for me, sometimes I don't like saying all of my thoughts because I don't want to ever cause, um, uh, like, ruffle. You know, I was always raised, like, my mom, she's white and Mexican, and I have a white stepdad. And they always were like, no, you're white. This is just how you are. And you're not, you know, I don't look it, so I shouldn't say anything. So I always am like, well, you know, I think some people just aren't comfortable, but I don't, I do think for a while, I thought maybe it was just a fad, but I think now that people are starting to see it, like there's a lot of really great people out there that haven't endured this. Like, you know, I've only lived on the West Coast, so I haven't had to walk down the streets and not be allowed like um Isaiah was saying like certain areas you're not allowed in and you know I've never experienced that. So I think the more people know that that are, you know, good people, whether white, pink, purple, whatever, you know, they're they it will will start a change. And I think if, you know, like my dad said too with um if we all came together as a you know a nation any color anything and just kind of saw like i i feel like the government is kind of trying to put us against each other because they're trying to keep us down here so then they can stay above they can stay in power because we're too busy fighting each other versus focusing on you know like with the covid scenario, i know it's a way different topic I my family's affected because the government won't let me work, you know. So they're keeping this whole, you know. Every time we start to say, "Oh wait, it's the government," they're like, "Oh no, no, no! Now it's COVID. Oh no, now it's Black Lives Matter. Oh no, it's this." But it's with the whole, you know. Also, someone else had said about the um, media, and you know, 
on the media, it was showing a white little hipster girl that was tagging, you know, the Capitol or wherever it was. Hmm. The BLM, it wasn't really had anything to do with the protesters or my boyfriend's barber shop was looted and they saw on the cameras. It wasn't by a black man or anybody or someone from the protest. It was from an Asian guy that was using that as a diversion to take advantage. Wow. Okay. So not to go off on a tangent, but I, I do hope that there's change. I think if we could just all come together, which I think we're starting to because yeah. we do have our, our cell phones and stuff like that. I think it will. It's it's starting now. It's just a slow process, but the government keeps trying to divert us away from <laughs> what's really going on. Right, my, right. Hey, you know. you know what? You may we may bring you back on camera, but uh, before <laughs> I I switch and, and let Malachi ask that same question, uh, Devin, go ahead and give a shout out for your salon. I know right right, right when you're drinking, I'm asking you. Know, give a shout oh, out. Yeah. Go, no, shout no out. sorry, I get nervous. Um, yeah, so I own a salon, Haven and Harlow. If you guys need me products, let me know. <laughs> there it is. There you know, a family there discount coming my There it is. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Malachi, talk to me, brother. Um, your neck of the woods, what you're seeing, again, um, more and more types of folks are out there. Well, let, let me ask you the question instead of assuming. Are you seeing a different shade and blend and, and group of folks that are out there saying this is wrong and this needs to be addressed in, in, in where you where you live. Yes. I actually did drive by two protest or two protests where one of them they actually shut down the street Mercury. Was it Mercury or Jefferson? It was Jefferson. And they actually had police escorts which were good. And then we had another one which I didn't witness, but they shut down the highway, I-64, and they were just protesting there. Saw everyone there, all different races, all different colors. So it is out there. We do have allies, like I said before. So I like that, allies. I mean, that, that's that's true, right? I mean, there there is I mean, a lot of negativity, right? The, the, the year started out, we lost Kobe, right? You know, so I, I still haven't, you know, come up from that. Um my gym is closed, so me, me and Mr. Burks down there, you know, we're we're going through withdrawals, and then, then we've got all this. We got COVID, we've got we got 45 in office, which is causing issues. Uh, before I went, before we went live today, I, I saw old boy Kanye West out there trying to do something, and look, I, I that's just not good. I don't, I don't even want to give him any more uh, airtime than than his name right now. But uh, there is more positive, and I think there's more good happening in the world overall than there is negative. We just tend to focus on the negative because as we're going back to the media and the news, what sells, what's sexy is all the negativity. So keep everyone in the, in the dumpster, keep everyone in the ground, focusing on what's negative as opposed to what's What's happening positively in in the world. So exactly. Yeah. That movie bugs life. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. (laughs) Every time you guys bring that up, I'm thinking bugs like that one speech that, um, Hopper, I think is his name. It's been a while since I've seen it, but you know, you Hopper. know, it was yesterday you watched it last night. Nah, I, was, I actually pulled up the um clip. I was gonna watch it just to get a um remembrance of it, but he like hits this all in the nail. All right, hits it on the head. Yeah, with his whole speech saying, "If one steps up, they all might step up," and that's what people are afraid of, or people in power are afraid of. Exactly. That if we finally get our voice if we finally get that then we're going to try to take back everything not just what we like basic rights 
to not get killed in our house, to not wow. have to worry about like getting killed because you cash in the wrong check or on yeah. a, a counterfeit yeah twenty dollar bill, yeah. and it's just it's they're afraid. And that's why we won't see change anytime soon because they are afraid and they are spreading this fear. And they're using fear. They're using fear as a, you know, the people that are, and put it this way if, if there's an abuse of power, that abuse of power is not, uh, it looks racist, but if you abuse your authority, you will always abuse your authority. That cop, he, he will sit on anybody's neck. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure of it. But, um, and I didn't mean to cut cut you off, but you're right. People that have abused their authority will abuse their authority, and it, and you know the media then sp- spins it up to you know look right because it, it was not that per that that cops he's not the judge and jury. So for people mm-hmm. to even say, oh yeah, he you know he stole a counterfeit guy, he has a he has a background, he has a past. Well, that ain't for that. And it, and it, but it wasn't for that cop to judge. It wasn't for yeah. anyone else to judge. It was yeah. it, it that was not his his responsibility to be judge and jury and, and execute him right there on the spot. That was not his. And people don't look yeah. at that and say, that's wrong. As it a, as a, yeah, exactly. It's, I'm not it saying from the people, I'm case. saying the media, the media, the media, then they, they said, oh, wow. All they did was spin up the frenzy to say, wow, look at this guy, you know, da, 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 da. Because it was um, racist. I mean, that was, it is racist. yeah, that but, was but what, I'm, racist. what I'm saying is, I think that, honestly, I think, I think that guy, I think that same guy, and gave him a water bottle. No, no, I get it. I get it. No, I, you're right. You're right. It was, but but then, but that if it was the same individual, I get it. But these are two different. People. It was the same individual. You I mean, but he. The wait, same wait, wait, no, 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 no. Well, you saying the same cop gave the same water? cop had history of targeting black, Hispanic people of color, and there's a post going around of like he had like three to like five, uh, like twenty. Years. 20. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah, it was up there. He Even had a lot of complaints against him. Uh, well, uh, when he was in, in, as well as 20 police brutality cases. Right, right. No, he, I get, he, has, he has the background. Right. He has. So, yeah, if you look but back then, if, if, for, for him to say that that, 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 the, uh, that uh, who was it, Douglas? Uh, for him to say that Floyd uh, had a pass. So did he. Well, why? You know, you know what I'm saying? So why didn't they sit there and say that cop also had a pass? Because that didn't come out until later. That oh yeah we had to investigate that oh yeah this cop had passed because they investigate themselves exactly no they don't investigate themselves no they yeah they don't right they don't yeah so why we investigate so so what does internal affairs do nothing right okay so so, so, yeah but but I want to address I want my cousin was on here my cousin was addressing um uh Devin you know my cousin thinks I I didn't really kind of uh, says being a part of families that unfortunate uh, to identify with her black part Devin knows all about her black side now. At that time, I couldn't afford to take her everywhere. And, and, and our family's way on the East Coast. You know, a lot wow. of our family's on the East Coast. So I, she didn't get exposed. But I've told Devin, Devin, you know about your, your grandmother, right? You, you know about your great grandmother, right? Yeah, no, I didn't I, need I, to identify. It's just growing up with, like, you know, a white stepdad who is in law enforcement as a correctional officer. So he profiles different. And his background and stuff like that. And my mom, she always just wanted me to be like, you're white, you don't look black, so don't tell anybody. But I've always mm. wanted like more of like that culture, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, sorry, baby. It's okay, sweetie. Yeah. But it's emotional for me. But um I'm, I'm totally, uh yeah. I do like being a part of that. 
<laughs> and, I, and I've always told Devin about our history and our past. You know, and, you know, it, it's unfortunate. I, but uh, her mom did raise her. I mean, I, I, there was no way. And I, and I, her, and her mom is not racist in any means. But she is scared of at that time the current events and people being so. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing I grew up with. I didn't. I don't want my daughter to grow up with something like that. You know, to, to be hated and never and not know where which way to go. But we. All, but just like I was talking about half truths. Uh, Isaiah, you know, let me know, even though I know know media did let me know as well. But this guy had a pass. This cop had a pass. My point was it people in weren't saying that it's not right for him to be the judge and jury. They brought up automatically that, oh, because the guy he was trying to do counterfeit. He's trying to. So what? It's not that cop's job. His paycheck doesn't his his job title doesn't say, oh, yeah, you can judge him and execute him right there. No one said that. No one said that. That was wrong. It was. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm not saying you guys aren't saying that's wrong. I'm saying yeah. the media. Why didn't the media sit there and say, why the hell is this guy doing what? What's that's because not his job. People like to say, we got to wait media. for the whole story to come out. We got to wait for the whole facts. We don't know the whole story yet. They love to say that kind of stuff. Well, then don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Then they yeah, shouldn't like, be posting there? half the story. <laughs> but they they already have this racism. So the narrative. They got the, exactly. 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 to come out. And that's why I say it's a responsibility of media to yeah. not do that because they do set they they. Well, my mother put in the chat actually. My mother put up a little bit earlier that all media is biased. There's not a single news source that's unbiased out there. I know that's, that's that. I, I yeah. have to follow a few different news sources to be able to see. And I think honestly, I follow uh, the British broadcasting channel just you know outside right. of looking in to have a better view on what it is. Actually, yeah. sometimes. So. I was going to only do two parts. <laughs> and and then uh, post-show last time, we decided to do three parts. Uh, we, we've gone from every emotion that we can have today because uh, we, got, we, got, we, got, we got a little warm under the collar tonight. We, we may have to deviate and do and continue these discussions, right? Because this is part of the healing thing, right? Yeah. If, if we didn't have these conversations, we'd end up being pent up. We'd go out. We'd see someone on the street. They they rub us the wrong way, and who knows what those consequences can be. I, I think again, having these types of dialogues in a in a completely free, completely unbiased forum where folks are engaging and interacting with us real time, right? So so we're, we're pivoting, we're bouncing off of the folks that are watching and the folks that are on the screen. This is doing something. I think someone mentioned that we can't, we're not doing enough, or, or, or folks aren't doing anything out there. We are doing something to correct the narrative right now by just having these conversations. Because again, this this is healing for the six of us that are on screen and the the multitude that are, that are watching this live, and they're going to be watching it in the future. So, um, first of all, I, I guess I want to say thank you. You know what? <laughs> I, I can I, I can count old school. I, I can count old school. Um, let, let, let me let me ask this, and let, let me let me get uh, Miss Dana and Miss Mildred in in the conversation now. Um, I guess with, with everything that you've seen going on this year, and we kind of touched on it a little bit as well. I mean, I, I started off with you know the thing that hit me first was Kobe, but you know with everything that you see going on this year, what's what's been the biggest challenge affecting you directly? Uh, Daniel, let's start with you. Sorry. No worries. Uh, me personally, I guess uh, just uh, right before COVID hit, I guess I was supposed to start a job at the airport and 
that kind of got pushed to the side. Literally, I just went in and got my ID taken. And then that Thursday, word was going around that we we're going to be shut down and stay at home order. That Monday, it was confirmed. So I ended up having to pivot and think, well, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? Maybe this is not happening to us. It's happening for us. Let's think of it that way. What can I do? So actually, I took a step back and started uh, revamping my business and um, wanting to just think of ways to get out there as opposed to thinking like, oh, what am I going to do now? I'm thinking because yeah. I know I'm not alone. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the whole world is affected by the virus, right? And, and literally, again, the whole world is affected by that. But and, and also we'll say that the whole world is affected by these issues and challenges, these social issues that we're talking about, because again, everyone is seeing it and it's now becoming a relevant conversation. So uh, wish you luck and success in your, your next chapter there. Congratulations on that on that new role for sure. Um, Mildred, what, what about you? What, uh, what's been the biggest challenge hitting you? I, I, I may know just, you know, since you were a recent graduate, but, but talk to us about what's, what's uh, hit, hitting you. Well, I think definitely the coronavirus is just kind of a, a, a real shock to a lot of things. I really don't, um, I think, you know, graduation got canceled, but that I don't think is the biggest deal in the world when there are thousands of people dying. I didn't really make it too big. But I will say that um, my family, like my parents, both of their jobs caught kind of placed on hold for a couple of months, which you never expect. And um, then it's just kind of like been this whole series of unknowns. And I kind of joked when July started, I was like, okay, what's the new plague for for this month? You know, uh, a new thing comes washing in. Um, but I will say, I do think that it's, um, I'm not sure if it's a blessing or a curse. The fact that um, the Black Lives Matter uh, protests um, didn't start when we were in school, because I cannot even imagine what those conversations would have been like, especially going to a school in Roseville, because um, I'm from a much more uh, majority minority district, but going to a school in Roseville, I feel like yeah. that would have been a way different conversation. And so, um, but yeah, COVID, I think, was a very big I got you. Deal. I got you a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Now, so I mean, let, let's make it personal about you. You graduated. Uh, you, you plan to go off somewhere? Or what you going to do? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to the University of Notre Dame in 12 days, and, actually. Wow. So. Oh, shout out to Notre Dame. Okay, okay. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm studying architecture. Thank you, thank you. Man, I, I can barely, you know, draw my name in cursive and, and, <laughs> and stay up here going, <laughs> I love it. Devin, talk to us. What's What what, what about you? What's going on? We, we, we love you. We love your passion. We appreciate you on that. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and again, this is a support, right? This, this is definitely, we're, we're here for each other, but t- talk to us about what's been the biggest challenge that's affected you, um, in, in life this, this past, what was it? Seven months of 2020. Well, um, what hasn't right now, COVID has really hit small businesses really hard. I mean, both my boyfriend and I, we're independent contractors, so we're not working right now. So, I mean, it's just, it's frustrating. I feel like I have all these different emotions. I get that from my dad, I think. <laughs> but You're very fast. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was out of work for about three months starting March. And then we were told we can go back. We have to follow all these guidelines. We all follow these guidelines. I just opened up my studio. Um, and then we're there for 
four weeks, no cases. And then all of a sudden we're told we can't work. So I feel like it's just been, it's, it's kind of made me, you know, look at, you know, should I try a new career? Like my boyfriend was thinking about like, well, does he do EMT school or, you know, I'm getting an insurance with Dana and my dad. And, you know, it's just, we really don't know what to do. You know, I mean, I don't know, like the hair is such a passion and it's such a way for me. I know for most hair sets and rubbers to express themselves and provide comfort in these really trying times you know i have so many clients that talk to me about all these discussions that we're talking about right now and i feel like i as a hairstylist my job is to help them and i can't help them you know and then right now obviously we're not able to work so it just it sucks it really sucks well i i hope this california i'm not sure what other states are doing this but i'm hoping this dimmer switch that we've got uh, gets a little bit brighter sooner than later um, but, you know, in, in reality, we, we kind of almost knew that after the fourth, 10 days after that, something was right. going to happen because oh, nobody, I mean, so many people didn't pay attention, right? What do you say, Isaiah? Um, uh, Americans don't take it seriously. No. Yeah, there, you, there you go, right, brother? I mean, so, I mean, I was, I was holding my breath and I was telling everyone, yeah, after the fourth, all gatherings that something was going to happen a week and a half later, and sure enough, like swift swift kick in the balls a little bit pardon my french is for us we're one-on-one we have masks on we're sanitizing you know a lot of small businesses and then i just see i was showing my boyfriend today golfland sunsplash is open there's a ton hundreds what? of people yeah open. and no mask no nothing they're all in the water and it's like well i i we're licensed for sanitation we're yeah. this is our livelihood you know these places that aren't you know licensed for any of this they're just able to open so it's just kind of like well are we being targeted you know is that it so it's just you know but then we're told we possibly can work outside which i'm like I can't bleach someone's hair outside because yeah. one, how am I going to wash them? And then their hair yeah. can catch, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 but, it's crazy. But then it goes back to what we talked, we talked about it earlier today, uh, James, um, there are, there are businesses that are investing and, and making sure that they do the right things. They, you know, there, it's another, it's, a, it's another, uh, I'm getting feedback. It's another, it's another issue where, the whole is make is is because it's not everybody. It's not every American. I, I know you said Americans don't take it seriously, but there are a lot of Americans that actually were wearing masks. So and there are a lot of comp- businesses. I know the gym that I go to. I'm mad because the gym was closed. But um, but but they were taking measures to make sure that boom, uh, every every half hour the gym was closed. They, everybody wipes down everything. But they're, they're they they did those extra measures. Devin's her salon. They were she was they were cleaning, sanitizing everything. But then you have. The bus. I know they're not wiping the bus down. They keep that going. You know what I'm saying? Because that's making money for the state. But I guess my, my thing is they didn't step back and say, hey, you know what? Let's look at the people that are that are that are the businesses, excuse me, that are that are doing or investing in making sure there's preventative measures in place as opposed to those that just having bars open, everybody's drinking, everybody's kissing, you know, doing whatever they want to do in the bar mm. and catching COVID. They didn't they didn't do that. But now, like you said, sun splashes open. Come on, you know people are jumping yeah, in the water, that's, spitting in yeah, the that's water. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, didn't, didn't know about that. That's open. That's crazy. I didn't know about that. But you're, um, you're, you're punishing the whole for a few, and I think maybe sun splashes for the whole. A few are taken seriously, and a whole lot of people aren't. Mm-hmm. 
a whole. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, but, but like, I'm, okay. Even if you don't believe in it, even if it's because I know some people are on the fence. Like, I know a lot of my loved ones. They're not. They're they think it's a hoax, whatever. But I think just comply. You know, I think my dad and I were talking about New Zealand. Everyone's come together and their rates are down, and they just do it. And I feel like as America, we're just like. No, let's stick it to the big guy. Whatever. Let's just do what we need to do so we can all, you know, it's because it's affecting, I mean, my family and so many families. And I know so many businesses that have had to close down and, you know, all this stuff. And even with school, like it just, it sucks. You know, my six-year-old can't be able to go and socially interact. I told him he couldn't go to school and he just laid on the ground and started crying. He's six. He shouldn't have yeah. to deal with that. Yeah, you know? that's tough. That's tough. Because humans are social creatures, especially at that age. They just love exactly. being with other people. Yeah. I have a five-year-old sister. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but really quickly, I have a five-year-old sister, and I have, like, a video of her the first time after, like, three months that she got to Zoom with one of her friends from preschool, and she, like, they were just showing their, like, their little toys, and then she was, like, when the Zoom was over, they were, like, oh, when can we do that again? And, like, it was, like, the heartbreaking thing. That's crazy. That's how they learn all of their social cues, and, you know, what they like what they don't like you know and i'm sorry i'm not meant to be a school teacher he doesn't <laughs> learn as well from me so. makes you appreciate a school teacher huh that's true yeah. shouts out to all but, our school teachers and everyone in education let me keep going though I, I, and, and eric so again again just being not to be rude but no, again, no, i good. think we want to be cognizant of time but i i want i'm sitting here taking notes because i think we want to continue to have these discussions at another date. So I'm going yep. I'm to I'm I'm reach out to you guys and let, let's have some more of these conversations about these particular topics. Uh, but I want to hit Malachi and Isaiah just again. What are they uh, feeling was their biggest challenge thus far this year? I'd like to let my older brother go first. I know he's had a lot on his mind. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You can go. <laughs> Full screen, Isaiah Hicks. Sure, sure. Would you like to give me a, a starting point? Somewhere you like me to begin. He just said the starting point. See, sibling rivalries right here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, live. That's why you oh, want me to go first. You know, take the news live, right? What's, what's the, what's the biggest challenge affecting you uh, directly this year? Uh, it doesn't have to be COVID. Maybe it is. It doesn't have to be kind of the the, uh, the Black Lives Matter or anything of like that. But what's what's been the biggest challenge affecting you? Yeah, the biggest challenge is going to sound a little sound a little stu- <laughs> sound a little silly for me, but boredom. I, no, that's real, brother. No, that's real. That's right. real. I work at a. I used to work at a bar. I don't currently work there anymore. I've uh, used my nest egg, and then uh, as well as the CARES Act, as well as the unemployment tax, to avoid working for a little while. Yeah. But uh, online classes are vastly different than uh, in-person classes. Yeah. So it is a lot easier for me to learn from someone when I'm face to face with them. I'm in front of the uh, X-ray machine. I'm in front of the bones. I'm actually able to see a lot more easily rather than just a screen and then just having them talk to me, listen to it back, try to take my notes. Yeah. Uh, I played through a lot of video games in the quarantine. A lot of stuff has been made. A lot of progress been made on my uh, Skyrim, Witcher. <laughs> kind of you got pretty, pretty good at Fortnite or I don't know, whatever it is y'all play <laughs> now. Okay. That's, that's okay. a lot of building going on. And I, maybe one of these days I can try to hit a tournament and make some money, but <laughs> not quite. Uh, it's just, if you're there, if you're at home for this long, this amount of time, it's it's boring. And again, I I don't want to say like that. And then like, oh, people are, you know, that's why people are out and about trying to do things. It doesn't justify it or necessarily excuse it because I'll just be bored. 
that's just something that sacrifice I have to make. I'm not going to risk anyone else's life or risk my own life because I'm bored. That's just being considerate. That's, you know, yeah, you're right. Say that again. Say that again. I, I... I don't want to risk anyone else's life or risk my life because I'm bored. Right. And he was, he said it was considerate. And my girlfriend texted me saying that America kind of has a selfish culture compared to some of the other uh, Chinese, European, and Japanese wow. cultures. Okay. okay. We're more, a lot more self-focused and a lot more inner rather than the Japanese people are very considerate about everyone all the time. It's a huge thing in their culture, yeah. as well as New Zealand, like Miss Dev said, where they are just they got together and they were able to make it so they were people were yeah. able to open back up. They're, we're the epicenter of the world right now for COVID cases. We are just constantly getting new cases. You constantly see people at the beach, out and about without masks. And like you get clowned sometimes. Yeah. for walking around with the yeah. mask because like you're trying to be considerate trying to make sure that no one else gets attacked no one else gets hurt it's terrible terrible man james will let you know we grew up watch we we already said we saw a mask before anybody when we were in japan <laughs> they all wore masks back in japan we were like you know we we, we started the trend back overseas but that, that's an interesting point man and that's why i kind of wanted you to repeat that i mean that, that was incredibly articulate for from you young man malachi i don't know how you're gonna follow that your brother really came through with that. You, you're gonna yeah, have to bring did, bring yeah, some did. smoke now, brother. You got to bring some smoke. Oh well, I, I might, I might not. We're gonna find out. But my <laughs> biggest um issue or biggest obstacle through this was actually mental health, and uh, just gonna come out with it. I have depression. I've been diagnosed since uh 2014, so six years now. Um. It comes and goes, but right now it's just like, excuse my French, but right now it's just a shit show going on, and it's it's really hard to just keep a straight and happier mind, and it's kind of like, like Isaiah said, you got to do stuff to help other people, but at the same time, no one else wants to help you. Like, I go to work, everyone there, we got like a few people who want to wear the mask, but we go there. And no one wants to wear their mask. It's like, oh, it's not going to help. It's not going to help. And it's just like, well, why am I going to, like, you know, wear my mask and try to protect them when they don't even see why we're doing it or even care? And it's just like, mm. it's just that culture and being surrounded by eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. And it's just, and then you come home, can't go out, you can't hang out with your friends. And you're just like in your head. And it's just bad, and it gets bad, and you just got to figure out a way to figure it out. So that's right. my biggest okay. obstacle no. going through. And that's real, brother. So we, you know, you, you, I know, and I can speak personally for you. You have a incredibly large support system. Uh, there, there's there's a whole gang of hickses around the world, and you know, extended family and things of that nature. But uh, Continue to rely on your family. Continue to rely on yourself and your spirituality, and and and, and things will be uh, on a on a positive trajectory, man. So um, we we're gonna find a way to get through this, right? It's it's been a tough road, but uh, um, things will. There was there was a song by Sam Cooke. I think my uh, my dad actually uh, put a comment out here right now. It, it, I feel the change is coming. Uh, we don't know when. But uh, we, we know something is going to change for the better eventually. And I think as long as we continue to have these types of dialogues, it will get better because um, 
I feel better. I don't know about you. I'm going to be selfish right now. I mean, just, just have, having this conversation with some good people like you guys, I must, I mean, I, I got to say, look, thank you for your time, your participation and your words. Uh, thank you to everyone that tuned in. You know, hopefully this was a valuable use of everyone's time, right? We, I said I was going to go 45 minutes. Here we are again, <laughs> just a little bit over an hour, but you know, hopefully it was time well spent. Um, we're just trying to do our part. We're trying to do something right. My old boss said we're trying to. I'm trying to put a dent in the universe, uh, and just doing our part. So, I'm not sure who knows who that old boss was. You guys are kind of young. You, you may you may not remember Mr. Mr. Steve Jobs, but yeah, I used to work for Jobs, and he said uh, I just want to make a dent in the universe. So, um, be strong, be safe, you guys. Look out for each other. Uh, we're, we're doing good things and everyone watching ITN live, we're going to do this again. I'm I'm, I'm not going to hang the, hang the hat up, uh, just yet. Um, stay tuned. Thank you very much for joining. Um, be good to each other. Peace out.